Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Back from the show in Park, Arizona. If you guys were on our Instagram feed, you got to see the hijinks that George and I were up to. Bomb down there in the carbon cab. Uh, did a quick turnaround trip, and I thought Parker was closer to Mojave, Arizona. So I told George, yeah, it's about an hour and a half ride there. and ended up being a little over two hours, 180 miles in the double cab. Fired it up in... Uh, I have an LED on my light for the uh, alternator and you've got to close the circuit in order for it to charge and I've been paying attention to it lately and it's like it's barely, barely lighting and it doesn't light up on ignition so I've got to troubleshoot that and see what the deal is because guess what? We weren't charging and the last time I found out we weren't charging was on another long road trip to Southern California so uh, I don't know what the deal is but worst case scenario I'm going to have to order up another Porsche alternator for that thing and those dudes aren't cheap. So uh, that's where we're at with that. But if you saw George and I ran out of juice on the ride home. And uh, luckily our boy Noah Kakum came to the rescue. He was delivering Lucas's bug down to the show. And uh, we had left a little bit early to try to get home while we still had daylight. Because we knew we were having some charging troubles. And uh, Noah meets up with us and brings me a battery. So I was excited for that. Thankful that he was able to help me get out of there. And then I punched punched it and rolled home so i made it home pretty quick holding a steady speed right at about 80 and uh, i love driving that carbon cab man she is just she eats up the highway but it's it's different when you're going fast for fun or when you're going fast just to get home so i thought i, I thought i was going to make it the whole way but 40 idas running at about 3200 rpm that dude was thirsty and i ran out of fuel about a mile i was about three miles from my house so Luckily, uh, on the freeway, as soon as she started dying, and I, I thought I should pull over and, and check fuel and, you know, just put some fuel in it, you know, to make sure gas gauge is a little bit off, you know, autometer aftermarket gauge. And so <clears throat> I thought, we're going to chance it, you know, Kramer, I feel so alive. And uh, as soon as she just started dying, I just pulled to the left, coasted literally about a mile off the freeway, had enough inertia to make it around the corner, pulled right into a gas station. But uh, you know, hey, if you're into cruising your Volkswagen, I got something for you. This weekend, uh, V-Dub Hub is doing the Canyon Cruise to Temecula. And this is put on by the V-Dub Club. And also, it looks like um, the Rare Vintage Air and Haggerty is one of the sponsors for it. But there's a 75-mile cruise to Temecula Valley wineries. Uh, this is going to be Saturday, October 23rd. 8 a.m., uh, they're meeting up at check-in, 8 a.m. at 8400 East Chapman Avenue in Orange, California. So a uh, 75-mile cruise up to the uh, wineries in Temecula. Looks to be a pretty cool event. I don't think I'm going, but everything could change. You never know if you might see Rag Chop out there because I do got one car that still runs. So if uh, I get a wild hair and decide Friday night I might be bombing down there or leaving Vegas about four in the morning. Who knows? I don't know. I might just do something wild and crazy like that. But looks like it's a good time. Anytime you're out cruising your Volkswagen with some friends, it's just a great time. So this is also put on by the Vintage VW Club of America. Don't forget to go sign up for the Vintage Volkswagen Club of America. You get your discounts with Haggerty and all that good stuff. So Eric Goodman's a prez and a good dude. So check that out. 
follow those guys sign up be a club member if you if your club's not a member of the of the vintage Volkswagen club of america if you become a club member and you decide to do a car show your car show and event is covered by the vintage Volkswagen club of america's umbrella policy for car show so it's just that in and of itself is worth the membership not to mention the fringe benefits of all the discounts that you get but uh, this is put on by vw hub they reached out to me to market this thing for them and just throw out a couple shout outs for it yeah, it looks like these guys are doing some on the road type stuff on their instagram and that's the best place to be in your vw is on the road so keep it reliable keep it real but this episode is brought to you by ross wolf that's right the boys at ross wolf jared and jason are coming up with some cool innovative products i don't know if you've seen the new gas Gaskets they have, but if you listen to the last episode we did, the Vitek gaskets that are super high tech, real high quality material. They're famous velocity stacks, which they sell like crazy. They've even got velocity stacks for your single barrel Solexes. So you want to brush up that single Solex dual carb motor and make it look pretty trill. That's right. Get yourself some Ross Wolf products on that motor. The Baja we're doing or the Class 11 Street Stomper is coming out and that car is going to be all kitted and outfitted with some Ross Wolf gear on it. You guys make sure go check them out at rosswolf.com. That's their website. Also, this podcast is brought to you by VW Trends Magazine. That's right. VW Trends Magazine happened to be at our show, and then they were also at the Parker, Arizona show, and they were at Octo at the same time. So VW Trends Magazine, subscribe, get involved, help the magazine get back to where it was, and they're putting out some great product. They're really doing justice to the VW scene with a lot of cool features and real high-quality magazines. So check them out at vwtrendsmagazine.com vwtrendsmagazine.com go subscribe today remember guys support your local vw companies uh support the magazines you should subscribe to all of them so that we support our local scene uh our 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 scene here in the u.s support those support your local shops you heard on last week's podcast that we did with uh randy who owned their speed shack Guys, get out there, support your local shops, man. You got to be doing this grassroots and make this worthwhile, man. And, uh, you know, know what you're doing when you go in there and get the right stuff that you need and support your local shops. Because if you don't, they won't be there. And then you'll be crying when your town doesn't have a local shop. So shout out to Nevada Off-Road Buggy, which is our local shop here in Las Vegas. That's if you're in Las Vegas, where do you go for VW parts? Nevada Off-Road Buggy. Go see Marie and her dad, Bob, over there. Hopefully, I'll get Bob on the podcast soon. He goes way back, Bob McCachron goes way back to the early days of off-road racing, the beginning of the Southern Nevada off-road racing world. Look forward to get some of that history on here. But on today's episode, we've got a great one. We've got Dominic Lapino, who I happen to see because he's now residing in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. So he happened to be there with a super clean cow looker. Uh, Mark Ramirez was there too, didn't get a chance to chat with him, but we'll get him on soon enough. But Dominic's been there. Dominic's been around for a long time, started his VW world in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, been drag racing since way back. So we get his whole story. You might remember Dominic because he had the Dragon Slayer. Before he had Dragon Slayer, he actually had Plum Crazy. He's been in the game for a long time. Good buddies with Dave Perkins, who happens to own, uh, you know, just the fastest Volkswagen uh, in the quarter mile. You know, it, it, it's a great story. There's tons and tons of good talk in this. And Dominic's uh, salt of the earth kind of cat. He grew up in Southern California in those cow look days. He tells some street racing stories and a lot of good stuff, which is I know what you guys want to hear. So uh, this week, Dominic Lapino. Owner of Dragon Slayer, Drag Racer, on Let's Talk Dubs. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 
Okay, everybody. So today to continue on, well, today, tomorrow, you guys will be hearing this when you hear it, but to continue on with my, uh, my podcast that we're doing here at Volks Jam, I happen to run into a few ex-Californians and on today's episode, I've got Dominic Lupino and Dominic is now living here in Lake Havasu, but he's known for uh, the Dragon Slayer and Plum Crazy and I've been chasing him down for a little bit. We finally got him on the podcast. Dominic, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. The way we always start the podcast is the same way every time. What's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Oh, well. Uh, probably around 1972-73, long-time family member, uh, Fred Simpson, who owns Performance Technology, yeah. does the cylinder heads, uh, close friend of the family. Uh, I went for a ride in his VW, and uh, I was just getting my driver's license, and uh, um, I my first car was a 66 VW, and... Really? So Fred Simpsons was a was a family friend before it was like you know like people know him through Volkswagen. Right. He was a family friend for you. Yeah, he's a fr- he, he's kind of like a brother to me. I, him and his wife, and uh, they're family friends. And at the time, he was working for a few VW shops, and uh, I know he was working for the Mouse House out of Bellflower, and uh, that's where he learned how to do a lot of cylinder heads and stuff like that. And then he started working on his own stuff. So that's not a bad family friend to have if you like going fast, right? No. He, Fred Fred was very instrumental, and I blame him for everything. So Anything Volkswagen, and I blame I definitely, him for it. You know, and Fred Simpson with Performance Technology, right? That's the name of his company? Performance, yes. Performance Technology. Yes. He's one of the one of the foremost guys that's been in VW power heads for a long, long time. Absolutely. And I'm, because now we have a connection. Hopefully, we'll be getting Fred on the podcast because I, I, I'd love to get his story. Yep. But your story starts, so you took go for a ride in his car. Went for a ride in his First car. First Volkswagen is a 1966, and this is in high school? Yep, I was in high school, and then, uh, I mean, he had a, a little, I don't know if it was early 60s ragtop, and it had a, it had a dual-port engine in it with a, a single Zenith carburetor. Yeah. But the thing, I think it probably was 75, 80 horse. But the thing flew. Felt like uh, a monster. It felt like a monster. And I just went for a ride with him. And and after that, I was sold. And, of course, I, first Volkswagen I had had a stock 1600. Right. Or, excuse me, a 1300. And when it blew up, Fred came over to help me tear it apart. And uh, my dad would only loan me the money to put it back <laughs> stock. My dad, my dad wasn't a car guy, and he didn't want me to get involved with – but uh, – we put the thing back together, and then next thing you know, we're, I'm putting a two-barrel bug spray right. uh, Holly carburetor and a, a header system, and then Fred had a set of used 1600 pistons, and that's where it all started. So so when he's doing this, he doesn't have a shop. You're just two backyard guys just putting stuff together at this time? Right. He was working for a, an independent shop at the time, Right. and uh, I was in high school working in a bowling alley. And, uh, and I got into the VW scene with all the local, I mean, you couldn't be asking for a better place to grow up in Orange County. I, I grew up in Garden Grove uh-huh. and, uh, I was in the heartbed of Volkswagens and, Sure, uh, used to go do a lot of the, uh, uh, Sunday night street racing stuff. And I had V8 guys, but I used to hang out with all the Volkswagen guys, uh, off of uh, Orangethorpe and Brookhurst back yeah. when the the big Willie days, and 
there'd be Gary Berg and Roger Crawford and everybody be hanging out in this corner. And I got to knew, know those guys. Gary and I are this pretty much the same age. And, uh, and it just, that's where it all started and started doing bug-ins and, and stuff that's like, like that. And that's like the heyday of, I mean, really thinking about it, like that's, like you said, the best place to grow up, the people that you're around. Oh, yeah. Everything that's kind of like you're there in the heartbeat of when everything is beginning. So like the Bergs are out there and all stuff. Now, is there is there when you're saying Big Willie, are these street race guys? Oh, yeah. Street race guys. So now were these guys, all these before mentioned names at the street races? Oh, yeah. But we were in our own little Little corner. The VW guys were over there in the the very corner of the. the so where would the they meet up at? On Orange Thorpe and Brookhurst. There's a, there used to be a shopping start right across where uh, Nick's, Nick's Burger used that, to be. The, where the Kmart is exactly right across the street from there. So that was the spot Saturday night. Like all the dudes would hang out. Well, over it was there. actually Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. I'd get off work and I would fly down there and hang out there till twelve one o'clock in the morning and. Go to school the next day. And, and what were you driving? I there? had a white 66 Volkswagen. And you were there to, to race or to watch? Just to watch. I At the time, I didn't have, in the early 70s, I, I didn't really have anything that was really fast. And yeah. Until probably, probably around the mid-70s. But I was into the scene in the early 70s. Sure. Didn't really get into the performance side of it until like the mid seventies, right? And I, I couldn't ask for some of the better people to be associated. Oh, hundred percent. So, when's the first time you dip into the drag racing scene? What's the first thing? Uh, like what's the first go fast thing you do? What well, was funny? Uh, Fred Simpson he built a set of these single port heads. It had big valves, ported, and it had the dual Cadron carburetors. Mm-hmm. And the car actually flew. It ran probably in the low 14s. Wow. On a single port? On a single port. And at the same time, Dino Don had, he was like the proclaimed Cadron King. You know, oh, he, really? He was like the fastest guy. But he and I, he probably doesn't remember it, but him and I had a race one time and I beat him. But uh, that Di- was a street race or? It was a street race because <laughs> Dino lived in the same neighborhood I did. So right. you're talking a lot of these iconic Volkswagen guys all lived in the pretty close proximity of where I lived. And so it was funny. The first time I met Dino, we were at a, it was a car hangout on, uh, at a Burger King and he come pulling in and he wanted a street race. He had a red bug. What year bug is this? I say it was probably a 67. It could have been something earlier. So it's a cow looker. It's a cow looker. He comes in and he was looking for a race. So we said, hey, we, my friend had a 750 Honda, he wanted to race. But, so we ended up racing him with three of us on the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind of weird. Yeah, but, it sounds a little sketchy. But he wanted to race him, we beat him. But uh, Dino and I became friends after that, and we frequent in a lot of places. Right, I'd go stop by his house. And, uh, right. Uh, but then that was the, the, the early days. And then... Uh, uh, I started going to a local hangout with a lot of the Volkswagen guys. Hold on a second. I want to get back to this this race between you and Dino. Oh, okay. That he doesn't remember. So he's running single port with dual CADs on yes. there? Yes. And you've got the same setup? Same setup. 1600cc motor or bigger? It was an 1835. 1835 single port dual CADs. Right. And you guys line up and you hand it to him. And I, I, I beat him by not very much, but I beat him. 
but it was a proud moment for you. Cause it was it was good because I knew who Dino was. Right, you, you, know? you took a title that day. Yeah, but he, he's he's a great guy. I, I've known him for too many years, a lot of, long time. Right, right. So now you're you're getting this taste. You're you're out there drag racing. Right on the street. Right. What's your next step up from there? Well, the next step up was I had that single port engine and i i would go to buggins and race the car there and you're running you said you're running 14 that's fast it went 14s which is fast for gear what it, tranny nope stock gearbox that's fast yep and then uh i went to go street race some guys that we all became friends afterwards uh uh there was uh, mark herbert which mike herbert's right. brother um Ron Lesnick and a bunch of us, we all hung out at this one place. Well, I went in there to want a street race one of them. And Ron Lesnick had a Super Beetle with, I think it was 44 Webers and stuff like that. And I asked him about racing. And he goes, uh, he wanted me to give him a head, a head start. Uh, 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 give him, the, some, give him some, the go. Give him some car links or something. I go, wait a minute. I got a single look at this thing. And... So he basically, they laughed me out of there. He says, well, why don't you come back when you learn how to race? And I go, okay, I, I'll do that. I'll, I'll come back when I learn how to race. Get home, get on the phone, call Fred Simpson. Fred, I need a set of heads. I see, I need a, some, some of those big carburetors too. <laughs> and so Fred was all for it. We went over there and started building this. The 1835, we took the stuff off of it and put a different cam, put a set of his heads on it with a set of IDAs. And we had, uh, I believe it was Der Transaxle who built the first gearbox that I had. Close ratio. Close ratio gearbox. And about three weeks later, we went back. My wife was pregnant with my first son. This is 1979, I think it was. <laughs> You're all business, baby. You got to get out. Yeah. So we went, we went and uh, we went to go street racing. As I remember is the hands came up ron took off and i just look at him i launched the car hit second gear drove around him like he wasn't even moving really and beat him and this late, is the same guy the same guy with the dual force ron right and we ended up be, all becoming friends and yeah. and i'm still friends with those guys today <laughs> of course uh mark herber passed several years ago yeah, but i was still there that that classic weekend is yeah, terrible and i was with mark earlier that day <sighs> But uh, I'm still friends with with Mike, and Mike Mike still does my gearboxes and has done my gearboxes for many years. And Mike's uh, is, is Mike Mike works for at Rancho for Rancho Performance doing yes. trannies, right? And he's to me is one of the best trans builders out there. Yeah. He's and I think the world of him. Yeah. So now you, now you become buddies with all these guys, and yep. and when do you finally say like I'm gonna? So you're are you tracking this car at the bug and stuff like that? So now I, you got the big the the, the dual port heads right so then i started stepping up and the car was running in the low 12s okay and uh i wanted to build a full-on drag car so then we started up in the compression and then i painted the car that's when it became plum crazy and what year was the what year was this car plum crazy? 1979 1980 so the car was what what year was the car itself 66 it so was this car i the drove same in, 66 same 66 that i drove in high school went on my honeymoon brought my son home from the hospital when he was born he's now 40 gonna be 42 years old uh he's into volkswagens as well now but <laughs> 
But uh, that's where it all started right there. And then I raced plum crazy for uh, probably maybe three years like that. And then I, a good friend of mine, Mike Naylor, had the Dragon Slayer. Yeah. And uh, he had he'd called me up one day and he asked if I was interested in buying it. And uh, I ended up uh, purchasing the car changing a few things around put the engine out of plum crazy in it because it was a lighter car it had a fiberglass front end on it and uh now, what i thought was cool it did wheelies what's the fastest you ran in plum crazy plum crazy it went uh 1190 1190s yeah okay and now you step up to a much lighter car right a different class car what class were you running the 1190s in? i was just running the quick 32 at bug ends okay that was back in uh, I would say probably 82, 83, and ran X-Bracket. That was the the quickest 32 cars. It was X-Bracket. So was when they raced those cars like that, was it, um, was it, uh, I can't think of the name. Um, it was running for times or it was just dial-in? It, it was a dial-in. It was a dial-in. So right. you run what you're wrong and they stag- stagger the lights and, Boom, you're running 11 seconds, it's cards 14. Right, and then I became friends with a lot more people. That's where I met the McLenathans, uh, Corey, Corey and his dad, Dick, and became good friends with those guys, and I'm still friends with Corey today. We we talked periodically and uh, kept up with him throughout the years while he was, he was in his career of running Top Fuel, yeah. but we still talk. We still talk on the phone, and I think the world of the guy, but... We used to travel to a lot of events together and uh, used to hang out and get drunk. (laughs) And so the 1190s is what you're running in the the purple car. Right. Now you step up to Dragon Slayer. Yeah, and that car ran 1150s, 1160s. Same motor, lightened car, put in their 1150s, 1160s. Right. And how long you campaigned that car for? I campaigned that car for quite a while. Then what happened with that car, I ended up going... Uh, it was getting to the point where I was having a hard time qualifying for the quick 32 because with the onset of people putting turbochargers on their cars, it made it really hard for me to barely qualify. Really? So it was time to step up. So that's when I became friend with uh, Dave and Judy Kaywell. Yeah. And, the Kaywells uh, were big turbo people back exactly. in the day. Exactly. And I I can't thank them enough. They're the ones that got me into turbocharging. And, uh, and now what... It's funny because you know you know Adam Wick. I know Adam, and we Adam and I were talking, and I and I wasn't into drag racing back in those drag racing days. So I'm talking to Adam, and he's big into you know building off road engines stuff like that. But right. he's got his history of VWs, and I said, "You didn't do turbo motors." He goes, "No, nah, turbos are for people that can't build fast cars." <laughs> you know but, what? <laughs> yeah, in in some ways, he's right to a degree because really, you can take a, a car that's not. Because on a carburetor car, you've yeah. got to be tuned exactly. It's a lot of work to make it out. It takes a lot of work and a lot of time to make an aspirated motor run fast. Yeah. And, you know, and, and some of the guys that have the fastest aspirated cars all have shops, have dynos. Right. They can fine tune them and they dial them in. They can sit there and they'll beat on that engine. I remember, um, and we'll get into that in a little bit further, when I was driving the Heads Up Performance uh, Pro Stock car for yeah. Roger Crawford. Um, Roger would dyno that they would work on that thing all week long really, and, and that thing would be on the dyno and he would be trying throwing everything at it to get every little bit of power out of it so yeah it takes a lot to make 
an aspirated motor run, but my thing was the easy out, throw a turbo on it. So when you step up to turbo, it's the same motor, you just turbocharge it? it I turbocharged it. I built a 2276. Mm -hmm. So now it's a bigger engine. Aftermarket case, stock case? Stock like case, you know, modified through Rimco. Uh, Rimco is very instrumental in helping me out throughout the years. Uh, there was uh, a guy named Jim Fincham mm -hmm. um, and Greg Britton that were always helping me out. Anytime I needed machine work, they helped me out. And, of course, my car had Rimco on it. Uh, like I said, I've, I've been very blessed to be surrounded by some really, really good people. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're, you're in the in the VW Mecca. Right. And then once you start getting – you start – becoming a respectable racer people are okay with your name on their car you know right. what i mean you're not you're not the guy at the saturday night car meets doing burnouts in the parking lot it, it like, was it was actually pretty easy to get sponsorships at the time uh my first big sponsorship was auto house yeah uh, auto house west which was westminster which was uh ed craig and he helped me out and then after that i became with uh vita parts unlimited yeah. I was part of their race team with Vita Parts Unlimited, and uh, that's when I started running the turbocharged stuff. And, of course, with helped with the Dave and Judy Kaywell, and they taught me a lot. And this is mid-early 80s? That's the mid-80s. So mid-80s. And turbos are, people are just starting to get into turbos. It's funny because it seems the VW scene's always a little bit behind. But Kaywell was the guy, what was a squareback running? He had a squareback that was like well, ridiculous he quick, didn't, didn't he? have, the, the squareback came was later. later. He had a bus, a Volkswagen truck. <laughs> it was that actually the back was cut off or part of it. The top was cut off of it. That's what it was. It was like a roadster? Yeah, and... I, I used to get be able to go out and run parts and drive that thing around. It was a lot of fun. That car ran 11s, but later on, they put an alcohol-injected motor in it. And then Sam Shackelford from Rancho drove it. And I think he went low 10s or sub 10s in it, if, I, if my memory can be correct. Um, so you get the turbo. You put the, you, you now put take the your turbo. Car, you step into the turbo world. Right. And you're running now how fast? Well, it was funny. The first time I took it out, it blew up. It, uh, it 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 had a problem. The worst so, feeling ever, right? Yeah, it just leaned out and burnt some cylinders. So Dave Dave was he wanted that thing to run. So brought he says take all the fuel system out of the car. We had it all on the shop floor and we had it hooked up to the dyno. Found out the reason why I didn't have a vent on my my gas tank was invented, so it was sucking the thing dry. Uh, it was it collapsed the tank and then right. run out of fuel. So we fixed it. Took it to, uh, we went out to Palmdale, which is Antelope Valley, mm -hmm. and uh, first time, first pass I went in the car, it went ten thirties, wow. and I and I thought, I, I thought my I, I couldn't believe it. This I think like I was shot out of a rocket ship, and that thing ran ten thirties all day long, and I ended up running with uh, some of the uh, the faster cars that day, and and went to the finals. Really, and. Dave and Judy took a liking to me, and they, they like I said, they really helped me out, and I got to thank <laughs> You're quite them a lot. the sales guy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like Everybody's like I've Dominic. been very surrounded by good people. <laughs> but uh, so I, after a while, I took the car and uh, changed it around a little bit, painted it, put a custom paint job on it. Now it's it was, still known as Dragon Slayer at this point? It was still known as Dragon Slayer. It was painted uh, the, like the lime green color uh -huh. or, that it was painted. I ran the car, first time out, 
after I repainted it, took it to Las Vegas. I think it was a, an event that Corey and his dad put on. Hmm. I won that event. It was really? I, I ran quick eight, and I ran like ten eighteen, and I, I was racing drags. First pass I had to race was Dave Fultz's dragster, and I'm oh, dialed man. in. And I still remember Dave and I are good friends. I, I I think the world of Dave as well. Like I said, got to know a lot of people, and first time. I, I remember looking over my shoulder, and all I say is, whoosh, in the parachute come out, and I'm going, holy mackerel, and I ended up beating them. Really? Yeah, and it was funny, and, then, and I went to the final, and I won that event. I, w- I beat, uh, yeah, I think it was Rod Schultz Jr. in the in the strip teaser dragster. Wow. So then That's it, pretty impressive. I went to another race, broke a gearbox, put the thing back together, and then off to Sacramento for the, I think it was 1986 or 87, I believe. Um, went to the Bugarama. Uh, the second pass, the first house I made on it kind of got loose, came back, and then there was a, an old Volkswagen guy, uh, Pat Nelson, who was racing uh, from Vita Parks Turbo. He and I were smack talking in the, the staging lanes about who was going to beat who, and, and, uh, and it got really ugly from that point on. I had a bad accident that day. Um, I remember launching on the car. I was out on him, hit third gear, and I was just putting the car in the fourth gear, and the car just made a right-hand turn. I hit the guardrail head-on at probably 130. Oh, wow. And all I remember, all I saw was stars. And I stopped, and I couldn't catch my breath, and I popped the door open, and I'm limping over to the, the guardrail. I sat on it, and I slid down the guardrail, and uh, got taken to the hospital. Had all my bri- ribs were broken on my left side. Holy crap. So I was in uh, UC Davis for a few days. I've had a bruised rib, never a broken oh, rib. Oh, broken ribs. It was the worst. Oh, uh, man. I had to sleep in a chair for like two months. It was the worst. What happened? I don't know. I think the frame horns were broken loose and the car was rear steering because that car always went straight. For some reason, it just got evil. So it was just a day, like a day just like every other. You're banging through the gears and and you hit fourth and the car just right turns. It was, was, I was staying into it way longer than I should have. Because now you're, you're fired up over the trash talk and you're not going to lose. Right. And it's kind of like when you see guys are all over the track and what is the guy doing? Well, I was that guy. Because normally you pedal out of it. Like you kind of right. let off a little now bit. Now I, I, well, I've learned my lesson throughout the years. And uh, so anyways, I crashed, got hurt pretty bad. And I was out for a while. And then uh, my good friends. How wrapped up was the car? Oh, it was totaled. It was Done. gone. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was junk. The only thing that was left was the engine and transmission. Wow. So, and the cage held up pretty good? Cage held up really yeah, good. Yeah, all you got broken ribs at 130 miles to zero crash, right? Right. But uh, it was weird. When that car hit the guardrail, the back end tried to follow. I mean, the whole car folded. Oof. And uh, got hurt pretty good. And uh, along came my next stage in Volkswagen racing was uh, my good friend, Dave Perkins. Yeah. Who people know him now from yeah. his... His convertible. He's got a crazy fast convertible, right? Right. One, is that the fastest car out there, or one? It's of the, the fastest? fastest pro mod car at this time. It's it's not the it's the quickest. It's not the fastest. Chris Lauffer has the speed. record. Has the speed record, and I think it's one eighty three. It could be faster. 
uh, but Dave's got the, the ET record at a 769. And uh, so Dave and I, we got hooked up and we started racing. They came over and we bought another car and built another car. And now when you say you guys are racing, are you guys partners in the car? And no, I was, it was my car, but they all came to my rescue because I was hurt and I couldn't do anything. I, I can barely open my garage door. I was, I was out for a while. And, and really a testament to the VW people instead of like, ha ha, he's gone. Yeah. Like they want you in. Right. It's not worth drag racing against people that aren't competition. It was, they it was, want. It was Dave Perkins, Ron Loomis, uh, Brad Hale, Doug Perkins. They all got together to help me get back. At the time, this was before Ron Loomis got into his chassis building business. Uh, he worked at a body shop. Yeah. And we brought the car over there. And I first I put the suspension all back together the way it was. And Dave, at the time, he had his blue bug, his, his sedan. It was big tire, back half car. And Dave goes, oh, we can't let you do that. He says, we gotta, we, we're going to back half this car make it safe yeah so between ron dave we back half the car now back half for those people that don't know <coughs> what back halving is just our casual listeners back halving the car is tying in all that chassis on the back end to the front end like full tube well, chassis it was it wasn't full tube chassis it was a pan volkswagen mm-hmm. pan from behind the seat back was uh ladder bar Oh, okay. So it was a ladder bar suspension that Dave mm-hmm. designed and he came up with. Dave is by far probably one of the smartest guys I know. Really? And, and he's, he's pretty quiet and a lot of people probably don't really know Dave like I know him. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 very, very smart. And I think the world of Dave. Um, so we built this car. So it's with, all custom ladder bar suspension in the rear. Yep. We brought the car, got the car all back together and it started having some fuel system problems. And at the time, we brought it back to K-Wells and couldn't get the thing to run right. Well, I think it was the carburetor. So Dave, being the guy he wanted, he wanted to see my car run. Now, you're, you're, it's a draw-through setup. It's a draw-through turbo. Okay. Running a four-barrel? I was running a two-barrel side draft, a DeLordo. Okay. 48 DeLordo. It was just the and way running Dave... running how fast? It went 10 teens. So we got that thing done and then we uh couldn't get the car to run right after i crashed it so something wasn't right so we put brought the thing over to dave k wells and he says there's nothing wrong with it took it back out again i traveled all the way to an east versus west event back in illinois dave perkins and i we loaded up our cars and went to illinois to go race i broke two gearboxes in a row bang bang and the car wouldn't run right so we brought the thing back and Dave goes, let's put my four barrel on your car and see what it runs. We got it out in the street, and that thing turned in a monster. Really? And somehow word got back to the K-Wells, and they weren't very happy with me putting the four barrel on that really? car. Really? No, they weren't. Why? I, because it was something they didn't do. And they had said, don't we don't put we don't put Chevy carburetors on these things. No, and I know David played around with some four barrel stuff, but they weren't doing it at the time. And so we just basically parted ways. It, 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 they it, got that upset. They got mad. And it, I don't think it was Dave so much, but Judy was pretty mad at me for some reason. It was like stabbing them in the back. Really? 
But hey, all I wanted to do is go race and sure. get my car run. And Dave was being generous to help yeah, me get my car Yeah, and you're thinking like, run. well, shoot. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, this woke this thing yeah. up. So nothing against K Wells. I just we parted ways, and right. Dave Perkins and I, we've been racing together for probably now for 30, 35 years. Uh, not just so much friends. You know, we raced together for yeah. years, and uh, so you guys would both bring both of your cars out and race, and it, it's. Like I'm saying, you guys run in the same class? Well, we were running the same Pro Turbo at the time. And it's like you want – it's no fun to race by yourself. No. And you need somebody that's worthy competition Dave, to Dave race with. Dave took me under his wing. And like I said, we've been best friends since then. And um, we got the car dialed in, started running. And, and then after a while, Dave wanted to – do something different so he wanted to build a front engine car and he started building some stuff and things got outlawed where he couldn't build that particular car so now were you got did you guys ever dabble in the uh import drag racing scene no why no. not we which just never did yeah we were just strictly diehard volkswagen guys so you guys didn't care to go beat all the hondas like who cares no, about that no i went it's to easy pickings i went to a battle of the imports which was <laughs> kind of cool you. get out no no i actually <laughs> it was supposed to be you got 200 dollars for top mile an hour and low et and i ended up going two or three rounds and then it got to be too cold dave and i just went out there to test and it was like 28 degrees or something like that. And we just, we weren't dressed for it. We were just going to make a couple passes during the day. Well, I go, we went into the night and we're at this import thing. And uh, I told the guy, you know, I said, hey, I'll just collect my money. We're going to go go ahead and go home. And the guy goes, well, what car was yours? I go, the Volkswagen. Oh, the money went goes to a, an, an, import, an import car. A real import. And I go, well, <laughs> um, here, let me advise you that a Volkswagen is an import. Probably one of the first import cars out right. here. And guy goes, well, it was going to like a Honda or something like that. So They I, were the big it, money people. Yeah, yeah. so I just, that was it. for my, my taste of the import stuff was done at that time. Well, but funny enough that, that my attitude is VWs are almost as American as apple pie anymore. It is. With the heritage that they have in Southern California and every street guy yeah. that I know that's a VW guy starts, it, it, it's, the, it's the platform for the – american car builder guy like right. you get this shell of a 40 horsepower turd and you turn it into a fire breathing monster you know the funny thing you say that because i with my new street car that i, I have, saw the street car that's a with that new car i go to a lot of the v8 events here in, in in lake havasu and the car's got a lot of respect by the people and it's funny because sometimes i feel kind of out of I'm, I'm the odd man out right uh but the people in town Hey, anybody in my age group, I'm going to be 65 in March. Yeah. So you get all over the guy. They probably all had Volkswagens yeah. back in the day, but they'll all come up and have a Volkswagen story. Everybody does. And it's it, to me, that's so great. I went to uh, uh, an event uh, in Windsor Beach last weekend, and I went alongside of my friend with his, their Hemi Dart. And. A lot of people were looking at my car, and not so much looking at the Hemi Dart, which is kind. Of, we were kind of What's laughing, the deal, man. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were kind of laughing about that. But, anyways, getting back to our story. Yes. Um, so you raced a little bit battle the imports, a little bit of battle for you. Yeah, it wasn't for me. And now you and Dave Perkins just start this, start racing everywhere right. together. What had happened was David sold his car, mm -hmm. his blue, his blue bug that he had. First car to go 150 miles. Was that now. the Super Beetle? 
No. That's the new. That's the car he has now. No, right? this is a blue '66 uh, or '67 sedan. I can't remember the year of it. Pro uh, turbo car. It was a pro turbo car, but he had nitrous on it. Mm-hmm. But Dave's car was the first car to go 150 miles an hour, and he held that record for years. Yeah. And uh, so he sold it. It went to Europe, and uh, so Dave and I. At the time, I was trying to save up for a house, and I couldn't really run the car so much. So Dave goes, let's just partner up, and we'll run your car. So we did. Uh, we ran, uh, we went, first time we went out, we went to go, uh, we wanted to run Superstock, uh-huh. NHRA Superstock. So we ran a class called SSDX, which is four and six cylinder turbocharged. We went out and set the record in that class. I think we went, I think a ten thirty with an eighteen thirty five in the car. And this is an a VW event or NHRA event? NHRA event, super stock. So you're against? I'm it's against an open field. I'm against some of the best people in the country. Six cylinder turbos, four and six. So, so, so I was like Grand Nationals. Grand Nationals, really? So, but you, we're racing super stock. Super stock is basically a dial in class. Mm-hmm. You have an index, but you you still dial in your car. Sure. But you're leaving against cars with trans brakes. And oh, the, yeah. All these and you're, just got, you, and you're still running a four-speed? I'm four-speed clutch, <laughs> banging gears. And, but it was fun. We went out there and did it. We set the record. And then the second event we went to, Dave and I go, eh, this isn't for us. So we took all the weight out of the car. And that's where we wanted to go fast and pro-turbo. And uh, we did. And the car... Finally, when we got that car done, that car, the best we went with that particular car, with Dave and I, Dave went a 910 at 155 miles an hour, or it was 156, and then later on, I got back in the car, and I went 905 at 155-something. <laughs> uh, so we ran the car for a while, and and it was just to the point where the the, the class was deteriorating and people would quit running the class. Now what, you know, and I've always, I've often wondered like VW drag racing is so fun. Yes. And then it gets to a point where it's so expensive and time consuming. And what makes it, it's just like off-road racing. You see these classes that open up that are cheap to get into. Everybody goes and then the class starts pushing out. Right. What do you think would make VW drag racing really, you know, popular again with the average VW enthusiast. I mean, there's a hundred hundred cars here at the show, and maybe a handful are are fast enough cars you take to the track. You know, it's it's weird. Car show stuff has always been very big with the Volkswagen world, right? The drag racing stuff. It's I know they have the new. I think it's the the fast cartel. I think it the is fast four cartel. Fast four cartel. They've got something really interesting going on right now. We. We our Dave's car doesn't fit into the rules on that, but um, the Bugarama still has Pro mm-hmm. Mod, but we haven't run Dave's car in two years now. Dave, you know he's uh, he bought another house and he uh, concentrating on that, so we kind of parked the car. Uh, but we'll we'll be back out hopefully next year. That's the plan. Uh, Dave and I both want to retire. And who knows, maybe we'll hit the road and maybe go do some East Coast stuff. We don't know yeah. yet. We've talked about it. And I said, Dave, let's let's go on tour, man. Let's just, 
We're both going to retire. Instead of sitting around the house, let's go on tour. Let's go drive. The other guys can fly in, and we'll drive the car, truck, and trailer there. But we're not going to do like we did East versus West, where we drove 24 hours straight through. I said, no, I'm gonna. I want to stop and smell the roses at my age. Right, cruise around, yeah, taking the so, sights, and but uh, all that fun stuff. But anyways, getting back to all that, so I I I ended up selling my car mm-hmm. and uh, sold it to Ken Servone. Ken Servone ran it for a while. He I think he won a championship in it, and then he crashed it, put it back together, and uh, he sold it. It went to Arizona somewhere and then uh jason eggham yeah bought the car he bought the body and the chassis and been very successful with the car but it's got the old dragon slayer undercarriage of it with a lot of jason really tidied things up it it had some stuff that he does some clean work he he does does. jason's a great guy but there was really weird stuff and i had when i had the roll cage done like part of the roll cage wasn't even welded all the way and jason found that out when he took the body off the car and it's just like so he tidied it all up he made the car that much better yeah and he's he seems to be having a good time does it make you happy to see that car still on the road oh absolutely and uh i it's it's nice seeing that it's still very successful uh and i know he hasn't ran the car in a while but hopefully he'll get back out there i know he he just bought another house and he's, you know, as everyone's getting their life situated yeah. and then hopefully, you know, like you were asking the question, you know, people are trying to get their, their, their situations right. settled and, and hopefully cars, we keep hearing pro mod cars being built and that'll motivate us. Well, what's funny is this last weekend I was in Hawaii and I happened to be in Maui, and, and I had a guy order some shirts through the podcast. So I said, hey, I'm going to be in Maui, man. I'll just bring you your shirts. So this guy's like, yeah, I'm going to call the guys up, man. We're going to meet up. So I, here I am on vacation. I told the wife, like, hey, I got to step out for a few minutes, go see a guy about a VW shirt. And then I go over there, and here's 10, 15 cars that get together in Maui. And a guy, Brandon, shows up, and he's one of Ron Lumis's best customers, apparently. Right, right. And these guys are building crazy they, big stuff the hawaiians <laughs> those guys crazy. are some serious dudes man I, there's it, something in the coconuts man because yeah. these guys i mean i'm what these guys are in manxes that are full blown and i'm like you're yeah. just wrapped in fiberglass man Manxes like, are huge there <laughs> and they've got some fast cars over there and my friend conran ringer he he's from the big island he's got a pro mod car a volkswagen um I don't know what he's run with the car as of late. I think he's been concentrate on his NHRA Pro Mod car. He's got a 57 Pro Mod car yeah. that he's been really racing a lot. And I haven't heard so much about the Volkswagen stuff from Conrad, but I still stay in touch with some of the the Volkswagen guys over there, some of the fast guys. Uh, uh, I, I ended up going, after I left my career job of 30-something years, I went to work for for de-engineering which is bug pack yeah and i still work for de-engineering as of prothane right so you do the urethane urethane right the polyurethane stuff but i work from home here in lake havasu i'm the tech support for for that but throughout the years of being at uh bug pack which i got to thank rick sadler for because he's the one that brought me in there um 
I had a great time. I, I, I met some really good people, people from all over the world. Yeah. And you talking to some people and it was like they were starstruck for some reason when they talked to me on the, on the phone and I go, it's like when you were trying to talk me into doing this, I'm nobody. I'm just right. another guy. I, why I'm not special. I'm just somebody who's done it for a long, long yeah. time. It probably had a, I've had a great time doing it and met some great people throughout the years. Well, and the thing is with the VW, with the VW hobby in and of itself, every person is a piece of this patch quilt. That's our hobby. Exactly. Every part of it's a piece of the history and something you did influence some of this. When I ran into Jason over at uh, old speeds, like, bro, I have the old dragon slayer car. Check it out. Like, there's memories that people sat at a drag strip in their town of no Volkswagens. Right. You guys show up and like finally this guy who drives this bucket of bolts has been vindicated in front of all his V8 friends because check out these fast Volkswagens. So it's one of these things where, you know, it's 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 the American story of like dream it, buy it, build it. Right. You know what I mean? And and, and, and it's still it's still big, but you know, now that I don't do it so much, maybe I don't see the the progression in the the Volkswagen world and what's going on. In the hobby. All of a sudden, I became this car show guy, <laughs> street car guy with the. It's like I went. It's like you went backwards. Your, your Volkswagen thing turned for full circle. But now, how do you like having a street car and going? I absolutely love to it. Shows. My son built a car. He's in uh, the Volkswagen Club DKP. Yeah. Which is an iconic, top of the line, sure, best cars out there, and I'm in DKK, right? Which the is rival a, club, the rival club, <laughs> which we all get along very. The clubs do a lot of things together, sure. Uh, so I, I'm very blessed to be with all these guys now. But it, it's like my life turned around full circle as far as the Volkswagen stuff. But as Dave still likes to race. He built his new Super Beetle, and uh, and I helped Dave with his car. Uh, Dave built that car himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, every once in a while, a couple of us would go by and help him out when he needed some help. Uh, but that car is a hundred percent Dave Perkins, and like I said, he he's a smart guy. And then there's uh, Mario Tavares from uh, Potter Machine. Mm-hmm. He um, he's he does the engine stuff and. Uh, Dave built the exhaust and all the turbo stuff. Uh, it's weird. When I look at that car, I still kind of look back and I'm going, this guys he's way out there smart. <laughs> and what's his day job? Dave is a, uh, he runs part of the family business. They're pipe fitters. Right. They do pneumatic tube systems. You know, the, the mesh assessing, like the tubes, when you go to a bank, you put the thing right, and it right. sucks the tube up. And... And again, I got to thank Dave because he took my son under his wing. My son works for Dave and his family, and he's been working there for 10 years now. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's another thing you can never thank Dave enough for. Well, but you know, the interesting thing I've always found out about the VW scene is there's so many of us from so many different backgrounds and different careers, but when we get into this hobby everything's neutral. We're all just VW guys. Absolutely. We're, we're all just in it for yeah. the hobby. And it's like, we have to get to a certain stage where it's like, like you don't appreciate the street car till you have a street car. Right. And like as slow as it is when we're talking about driving it around, but driving it from stoplight to stoplight, it's freaking fast. Well, I got to tell you right horsepower now, horsepower never felt that fast. We just, <laughs> I built that car and, uh, five years ago 
never dynoed it, never tuned on it or anything. But and it was weird. I, I've built so many engines throughout the years for people, and not to say the ones I built for the company that I work for. Right. Um, um, so I never really tuned on the thing. So I had this one little stupid oil leak on the course the engine I built for myself. Right. <laughs> so I've been putting up with this stupid oil leak for five years. Well, now that I'm living here in Lake Havasu, a lo- another longtime friend of mine is Jeff Hart. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hart Performance Machine. And uh, he also lives at the end of my street. And we're good friends. And he says, come on, let's take the engine out of that thing and put it on the dyno and, and see if we can find out where the oil leak's coming from. I think he got tired of me talking about it. So right. Jeff Jeff motivates me sometimes. Now Jeff's an old school VW guy too. He absolutely is. And uh, he still has his car. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, we, we put the engine on the dyno. It made... And it runs on pump gas, and it made, I think it was 198 when we first dynoed it. And the time we got through, we fixed the oil leak. It was coming from underneath the number one cylinder. <sighs> so we fixed that and changed the valve springs. And Tom, we got through tuning on it and got through, it made uh, 210 horsepower on, on pump gas, aspirated. And then uh, we, we were playing around with some different carburetors from... Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Tommy Costello, who's Andy Costello's yeah. brother, and uh, made some more power with the. I think we, I think by the time we got through in the heat of the day, it was 107 degrees, 5,000 feet corrected altitude, and it made two, uh, 216 horsepower. Wow! With some of the carburetors that he's been working very hard on. Um, That's impressive. This this bucket of bolts right here is probably, if I had to guess. It's a 2.6 liter, and I'm running maybe 140 to 150 or 160 at the wheels. You know, that's still that's it's impressive. But I just drove this here from Las Vegas this morning. Yeah, <laughs> on 48s on IDAs. Yeah, and I drove I drove that car. From, <laughs> it's only 30 miles down the road from Havasu to Parker. Freeway geared in the 67 or short close ratio. It's close ratio. It's got a ah, 158 104. Got to do a Berg five or something. Well, that was when I was going to do that, but. I had set myself a budget when I built that car, right. and I was at the end of the budget, towards the end of the build, and I ran out of, I, I, I couldn't afford the five-speed. I probably can do it now, right? and I might do it, either that or I'm just going to build a stock gearbox for it. Well, you know, the thing, the thing with this, I just did an Instagram video driving this thing down here. We're doing 83 mile an hour. At That's three nuts. at three thousand RPM. That's crazy. Because I've got the Type Four, I've got the torque, and this thing is just bombing down the road. Right. But it's like, you know, I've got I've got an old chop rod back at my house. It's a, a, I've got this Hot VW's cover car that right. I it was a car when I was a kid that I just ended up buying. Right. right. Original BRM car, slight chop, all the stuff. Nice. Eighteen hundred, all Berg motor. Driving that thing, it's got four thirty seven trans in it, and it's like. 65 miles an hour it's probably 3200 rpm i was like ah, i'm like man i well, just got to get that tall that, gear <laughs> yeah with that transmission on the way here i was doing between 65 and 70 it was 3500 yeah it was zinging and that's why i said maybe i need to take this gearbox out because i'm driving it more on the street as you're driving it they're so fun to drive it's, they're a blast and you want it to do everything you know yep. what i mean you want it to be quick light to light and you want it to be you know, and, and you want to also be able to get on the highway and just cruise. That car, I built it 
that if I ever wanted to drag race it, I can. Yeah, it is a monster. It's, got, it's a good-looking car. It's got all the trick suspension underneath it. It's got four-wheel disc brakes. It's got a two-step ignition. It's got... It's it's a drag car with a muffler on it <laughs> with all in full interior. It looks good. What was Hot VW's? This car, this and Chris and... Uh, Chris Babetz. Chris Babetz were on the same... You yeah. guys were in the same... Uh, yep. He, Chris was. Chris and I were issue arch of, rivals back in the Pro Turbo day. Yeah. We we had a lot of great races together. And Chris, Chris and I still talk. And uh, uh, good guy. We, we had some fierce battles back in the day it was crazy but so uh, what's the fastest you've ran in your car was it not it was a 902 905 905 as fast as i went in my turbo car and what's a mile an hour 155 so i'm talking so this guy over here is talking he's trying to explain to a lady yeah his car goes 130 at uh uh 10 10 something right and so i said well the better way to explain it to a person that doesn't drag race is this car goes from zero to 150 in nine yeah. seconds yeah, zero to one, yeehaw, real yeah, fast. You know what I mean? But it's like there's there there's such a fun aspect to drag racing. And, uh, you know, every class they've ever started, like they started the Cadron class, right? And then all of a sudden somebody comes out, clicks off like an 11-second pass in a Cadron, right, right. and it's over. Then they do the D, the Duren Kafer Cup cars, and Sean Gears comes out, clicks off a 10-something, class is over. You know what I mean? And it's like – and it's so hard to be able to – have a class that's fun because really part of the problem is if your car's not prepped for racing, because right. we've got in Vegas, we got that four lane track and Corey McLennan was going to do a, tr a race there two years right. ago. I was going to build a, a, a same weekend event that was going to go along with that car show and all that stuff, build up to it. And well, hopefully, but he, he gets that going again. Hopefully because the, part of the challenge is that's not a cheap track to get, especially no. now it's a four laner. Second, I talked to some people out there and they said the problem with Volkswagens is they oil down the track all the time. Well, you know, with that. And the, that's part of the issue with like your average guy who just wants to take a 1776 and go race. Right. He'll pop an oil filter, do whatever. And, yeah. You know, and, but. And now a lot of the, a lot of the classes now they want either diapers or pans underneath them. And uh, that's helped out. A yeah. lot of the downtime, because it, it was getting ridiculous. There it was. I, I'd get so bored at the Vegas Buggins. I'd go to the Vegas Buggins. I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. I'd get out there, and it's all of a sudden like, bang, bang, a couple, you know, the Red Baron. These guys get out there and like, bang, bang, and then someone comes in and like blows an oil line. It's like, oh, 30 minutes to yeah. clean the track. And you know, everybody. And it's funny that we kind of got off track here a little bit, that I had another car that I built. Uh -huh. and I started a new class. It was called Unlimited Street. And uh, you started the class. I started the class and uh, Dave Perkins helped me a little bit. And it was a an idea that uh, a friend of mine had, had started, but never did anything with it. I took off with it and uh, I built it was the ex Candy Larson car that she had. It was the orange car. So I built a, another a, another race car and uh, ran that car on the street mm -hmm. and that car ran 1030s. It would, street car the street car it ran it was uh an, the autocraft engine it was out of my pro turbo car <laughs> with carburetors on it the thing made like a hundred and i think it was 189 190 horse at the wheels at the wheel no at the flywheel at the flywheel, at the flywheel. so you're probably talking 170 at the wheels but uh dave perkins and i built a nitrous system for it and uh, we had it on Roger's dyno, and 
on the motor make 180 190 horse but on the button it made 340 horse and stayed together yep Holy crap. But that car ran 10:35 with with nitrous. With nitrous. And uh, how do you like running a nitrous car to a turbo car? Oh, you can't say nothing bad about a turbo car. Turbo car is is mile an hour. You plug that an aspirated car, even nitrous. You put the car in the fourth gear, and she's like, okay. And you're waiting. You're looking at you're, the light. You're like. just coming up on the tree. We're a turbo car. You're you're hanging on for dear life, and you're hoping to get through the gear. You're yeah, hoping to reach the. You're max hoping you're going to get the other end without something <laughs> happening, going sideways or something blowing up. Or and so I, I how blown did you start? What stuff. was the what, what what was the the class that you started? What was the what was the purpose for starting that class? Uh, it was it was a concept from a few of my friends that we wanted to build all balls out, unlimited. You. It's got to have run what you're wrong. license plates. It was very limited, unlimited street. It was very limited on to the rules. It had to weigh minimum 1,700 pounds. It had to have a muffler. And I know the East Coast guys have ASA. That's their deal. They they don't run. Uh, they don't have to run mufflers if they don't want. Uh, it, it took off really good. They they have they have great events back there, but our class was basically very limited rules. Uh, I had Lexan windows in my car because the cops never bothered me. The right. cops, it, it, oh, your car's not legal. It doesn't have front brakes. They go, cops don't bother you. They don't pull you over because you don't have front brakes. <laughs> right. And and actually, that car stopped just as good with Willwood brakes in the back. That with and no I had front spindle brakes. mounts in the front. But I drove that car. <laughs> I used to pull up alongside a Fountain Valley Police Department cops, and they just look at me and just keep on going. And a friend of mine says, "Well, that's because you're an old man with gray hair. <laughs> they they figure you you're not going to be any threat to nobody. You're just an old man out having a good time, yeah. which I was. But uh, that that class was very limited rules, and they have real street now. There's a lot the of real rules. street with 91 pump gas. Pump gas, which has turned out to be a great class. They're they're doing very well with that class, and uh, I know some of uh, the guys here in, in town." Uh, Chuck Studler, he's he built a car, and Jeff Hart's building the engine for it. And it'll probably be a car that'll probably somebody be looking at pretty soon. It, and they're running a lot of eighth mile now because I guess the tracks are closing up. But I mean, what what's your take on eighth mile versus quarter? I always thought eighth mile was for girls, but <laughs> and, and nothing that nothing knock it down. But that it. it East, the, the West Coast didn't have a lot any eighth eighth it's mile more track. It's more of an East Coast thing. It was now. more of an East Coast thing. But in the theory behind it, it's kind of like NHRA going to a thousand foot for top fuel and funny car. Going eighth mile, it saves on parts, saves on cars, and it right. makes the event go faster. Right. Uh, so there, there is a advantage to it to I, some degree. I started running a lot eighth mile, so I can't say it's really a girl, but. Well, you know, I was talking. To, I was talking to my friend who who does the he does the West Coast Hot Rod Association right uh, drag race, Danny Topol, and he does an event in Arizona, one in Bakersfield, Bakersfield, right. and one in Vegas. And he, and I asked him, I said, "Well, how come all the big VA guys are running eighth miles? Because they're going too fast. They're going too fast for for regular drivers, like not top fuel drivers. They're, so they cut it to eighth mile because these guys are going crazy fast with these nitrous turbo cars. Cars are so fast right now, and and I've got. I've got a V8 car myself. I I've got know. A, I didn't I, want to bring it up, but we will. I, I've <laughs> what got do a, you got? I've got a Chevy Vega, and it runs on pump gas. 
but I'm changing things around on it a little bit, and hopefully I'm going to put some nitrous on that car. What's that car ran? That car went 1085 at Pomona, through the mufflers. um, All motor? All motor, but it had the wrong torque converter in it. It run 1085 at 129 miles an hour, (laughs) which is like 1050 ET. The car wouldn't leave, so now I just... uh, Last week, I ordered a new tranny for Mike's, Mike's Transmission, who builds some of the best automatics. I just ordered a tranny from him with a trans brake, and um, my good friends here in town, Lee and Mary, they they race on Street Outlaws, and they're helping me a little bit with, gonna, we're going to put some nitrous on my car and go out there and have some fun with it. A little it. different racing automatic. You know, automatics are kind of cool. They're and I guess they're they're good for this old man. A little less to worry about. Yeah, just a it, it, lot less maintenance on the car, and, and I can go out. and You don't miss a shift. No, and I go to <laughs> Vegas, and I run the uh, Super Streetcar Nationals with Do the you? car. I ran it two years ago before the COVID thing. And then, uh, uh, but the car's been sitting for a few months in the garage, and now that I got the Volkswagen done, the Vega's back on deck. So yeah. it's getting, I ordered the tranny last week, and. I'll start doing some stuff, and Jeff Hart and I are going to check valve springs and do some la-di-da stuff, and then the nitrous stuff will go on it. Well, that's so, awesome. I, I haven't so given up. you go up. fast no matter what. You're still going fast. I haven't given up yet. I, sometimes my body just says, uh, why don't we go take a nap and watch cartoons or something? <laughs> but but it, in reality, I still have that I want to rip your throat out attitude. Yeah. But, but when we do that, it's with Dave's car. and. Hopefully this year, like I've re- said before, that we'll be back out with Dave's car. Uh, and it's some of the same guys that we've raced with for years. Kerry Taylor, myself, his brother Doug. We've been racing all together for 35 years. That's There's crazy. not a whole lot of guys out there that say that it's the same group of guys that they yeah. race with. And, you know, Mario's came on when Dave brought this new car out. And, and Mario's, he's another brilliant guy in... Uh, uh, with Potter Machine, Potter Machine helps Dave with a lot of the, the engine stuff. So um, Rancho does the tranny in that car. It's got a PBS uh, tranny in it, and uh, the car's fun. Yeah. And, it, and it's so fun when we—it's like a bunch of old guys out there just having a blast. That's and it. When we go out there, we're all smiles, and and it's just. It's kind of neat when you have all your old friends around. And so. you guys, and here you guys are, a bunch of dopey teenagers still doing the same thing in your 60s. Yeah, we never grew up. <laughs> We're just a bunch of old, young guys. That's the fountain of youth is the Volkswagen. Yeah, I, like I said, I, <laughs> as long as I'm Did still... Did you ever think you'd be 65 years old cruising down the boulevard in a 67 cow looker still thinking you're cool? No, I, I kind of look at my dad, and my dad would be. Sh- my dad passed away eight years ago, and he's probably still shaking his head. He always thought cars were stupid. Cars, my, my car, cars are a means of transportation. They aren't made to be, you know, put superchargers and do stupid stuff with the car. But you know, he came out and watched me race one time, and we qualified number one at, in Las Vegas with my turbocharged car. And I don't think he was ever more proud. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And that's awesome to be able to ma- to make your dad appreciate your oh, hard yeah. work that you've done in something else, you know. Well, I think he finally understood. It took him to later on in life to realize, I go, listen, Dad, you never had to get me out of jail. I, I wasn't into drugs. I wasn't nothing. I, was like, I didn't have the money to do anything. I had two kids, a house, 
and I was only able to do so little. I did a lot of side work just to, to, to do the to, to do my addiction with cars. Yeah, and I always stayed out of trouble. So I was I was very lucky. Yeah. So well, listen, man. It's a it's one of the reasons I do the podcast is is these stories for your kids, for the next generation, for right. all these people that that don't know some of these details. I mean, that's the reason, you know, my dad's passed away years ago and my dad used to say, Hey, with these stupid Volkswagens, why don't you get a Cadillac and be somebody? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's like they never understood it. They don't. And, and, and the Volkswagen thing in and of itself. And the re the same reason you have a Volkswagen is the reason why you're in a Vega, not a Nova. Right. Because it's like, it's the underdog. It's the underdog story of like, Oh yeah, don't laugh at this thing because this yeah. thing will beat the crap out of what but, you yeah, got. And it's kind of I look I look at the Berg family. They were all brought up around it. And yeah. How cool is that when your dad is an innovator and he builds parts and you're part of it and your whole family's out there racing that black car? Yeah. To me, that is so cool. Oh yeah. And and, and I wish I wish my dad would be involved, but it's like my son. My son is he. He built his car. I helped him, and he pretty much built that car himself. But uh, now I've got my grandkids, and <laughs> they want to get into. Uh, they want to start racing off-road stuff. They're going to build ATVs or UTVs, whatever yeah. they're called. And I just went to a championship race out here in Havasu uh, this weekend to watch their cousins race, and I, I looked around. I go. Oh boy, I can get into that. Yeah, this. this is fun I said, stuff. Can we get into the engines on these things? Oh no, you can't touch them. They're stock. Oh crap. All right. Well, I'll so, you, anyways, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> the suspension that those cars have, man, you're going way too fast getting into these things. But it's, it's so it's, cool. I want to keep the passion alive. It's going to keep me young. Always. Especially if I get my grandkids into this. Yeah. It's just you pass it forward. That's it. And hopefully the hobby, you pass it forward. That's it. Well, listen, this is the reason why I do this, to get guys like you that have been there and done that on the podcast and to also put some context into the history of what was going on back in those days and how these things began. Right. And that so many people that listen to these stories connect with something you've said on another level in their neighborhood, in their scene, in their group of people. So that's the reason why I do it because – I love the history. I love to hear it from the horse's mouth. Not to call you a horse, but uh, you know what I mean? But, but hey, I, I hey, love I'm to hear fat, it. Hey, I'm fat, so what? <laughs> it's all good. But it's it's one of those it, – it, it's one of these things that, that I love so much about this hobby is that we, we've never met before. Right. And until now, after this hour-long conversation, man, there's a lot of connections that have been made because of my passion for the hobby and your history in the hobby. And I, I'm a very humble guy, and you know it because when I you do. asked me I to do it, I didn't want to do this. I and it, it, You made it very easy, basically but just telling your story. It's the story that everybody it, not, that, not that it means anything it. to anybody, but it was my story, and it's what I've done, and I have no regrets. This, this Volkswagen hobby has been so good to me. Well, look at the people yeah. you've met. Your I circle met, of friends. I met so many people, and it's I, I I have no regrets. I really don't. How many other people do you know from an, any other hobby that you know that if you're broke down the middle of the highway somewhere and they're on their way to a drag race would stop and do everything to help you? <laughs> Not a whole lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, like I said, I've been blessed by the people I've surrounded myself with. I can't thank Dave Perkins enough, his brother, Carrie Taylor, um, and the list goes on. And I know I left a lot out. Dave Kaywell, Dave and Judy Kaywell helped me in the beginnings. Fred Simpson. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, there, I know I left some names out, but 
everybody was there to help me and because they seen I had the passion. Yeah. And I was a pretty decent driver back in the day. Won a lot of races. You held your own. Dave and I won championships. I won a championship. I was the very first race for the gold champion when uh, the races that uh, Gene Gene Berg put on. And I was the first champion that they had. Did you know Gene? Oh, yeah. How was Gene? Gene was... Gene was Gene. He was a, Gene was a great guy. He was he was very good to me. Yeah. Uh, he's very opinionated, but he's opinionated for one reason because he's been there, done that. Right. So he has his opinions on what works and what doesn't. That's what people have to respect. Sure. But I used to go in there, and Gene would stop what he was doing. And he would sit there and talk to me. He was always very good about talking to me. And and like I said, I was the first champion with the race for gold. And, uh, and I'm still friends with Clyde, Doug and Gary, you know, and just, um, they're not, they're a great family and and same thing with D we always greet each other with a hug. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm looking forward. I've, I've ran into D a few times now and I told her we're going to get get her her on on the podcast. Get her on. We're going to get her story. She's got to have some crazy stories. Yeah. She's, she's she's been history that goes back years. She's been there through thick and thin and. She raised three boys with, the, <laughs> and, a, and a, well, married to a husband. It was they were all Volkswagen guys, yeah. and, and D still seems to have the passion for it. She does, and she does. Uh, she's she's a sweetheart. And uh, but yeah, you definitely need to get D Berg on here if you haven't had Clyde Doug. No, I or, want I want get them all. all of them on here because those guys. You think I have stories? Those guys are tenfold. Those guys were NHRA racers <laughs> for years. Oh yeah, and not to say Gary back in the street race days. We we all did it. So, well, Dominic, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. It's, thank you. I, it's been long awaited, and I'm glad we got your story on the record, man. I appreciate it. All right, later. All right. If you like that podcast, the best thing you can do to support Let's Talk Dubs is share the podcast with all your VW friends. Make sure you share the podcast so people can enjoy good VW talk and a lot of history. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to pick up some merch, go to Let's Talk Dubs or click on the description down below in the text and pick up some merch and support your favorite VW podcast. Until next week, guys. Later. A Volkswagen is a nice station